join me in prayer this morning? Father, on this Memorial Day weekend, we give thanks. We pause from our busy schedules, from our work schedules, and we thank you for the men and women who have given their lives for our country. Some have given years of their lives. Others have laid down their lives for our country, and there's flags in the cemetery reminding us of that. And so we ask you, Father, to help us to honor them, and to honor them longer than just with one weekend. May we honor them by using the freedom that they have helped to give us, to stand strong and to shape this country according to your values and your standards, to use the freedoms and the blessings that you have provided for us to make a kingdom impact on this world. Father, help us to be bold as we act justly and love mercy in our relationships with all people. Help us to be bold as we speak truth always in the context of love. Help us to be bold as we discern your expectations for the blessings that you have so generously given to us as a nation. How do you want us to use them? What influence do you want us to make on this world? Help us to be bold as we use the freedom you've given us to seek peace instead of war. May we pursue every avenue of turning our swords into plowshares, our spears into pruning hooks, our tanks into tractors, and our machine guns into museum pieces. May we honor the sacrifice that so many have made by standing for you, by standing for your truth, by standing for your purposes and your values in our nation. Because that, Father, is the path to blessing. When we ask for your blessing on our nation, you show us that the, the path of obedience is what brings blessing. So may we be above all obedient to you as a nation and as citizens of this nation. And this weekend we pause to remember and give thanks also for the men and women of faith who have gone before us. The men and women of faith who have taught us about you, who have modeled what a life of faithfulness looks like for us. Father, bring some of those people, their faces to our minds right now. Maybe it's a mother or a father, a grandpa or a grandma, a husband or a wife, a friend, a teacher. It might be even somebody sitting next to us right now. Father, they are the heroes of the faith that we have learned from. And so may we honor them by following in their footsteps of faith. May we continue to thank you in the good times of life, recognizing that every blessing comes from you. May we continue to trust you in the challenging times of life as they have shown us. And may we continue to serve and honor you at all times. Thank you, Father, for those who have faithfully gone before us. Now may we model that very same faithfulness and love for you to the next generation, to somebody that you have placed in our lives. And Father, may our worship time today 
in our hearing of your word, both challenge and encourage us in our journey of faith, in our process of transformation, and in our calling to be your people in this world. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, Memorial Day weekend is obviously a day for remembering, right? We remember those who have served in the military to protect our nation. We remember family members and friends who have died, and we honor them on this weekend. We remember here in Michigan that summer actually does come, right? Memorial Day is the unofficial start of summer, and we remember, oh, yeah, I do have a camper I can use, and the weather's good enough to use it. And, yes, we remember that we have a lawn that needs mowing and flowers that need planting and, and all that good stuff, right? We We need a weekend like Memorial Day to remember because we are people who easily forget. I know I'm someone who forgets. More and more often I'm forgetting, so I need to to put little reminders in my life to help me remember, right? So if you were walking to my office and look at my computer screen, you'll see different colored sticky notes all around the monitor. Maybe some of you have that at your work, at your computer screen too. Reminders of things I need to do that just get stuck all around my screen. My Google Calendar is set to, to have reminders all the time so, so little notifications pop up on my screen. Oh, yeah, I got a meeting in 10 minutes. My phone has little alarms. I heard somebody else's phone alarm go off earlier, right? Maybe it's your reminder to go to church, right? Because you forget if you don't have your phone that, that gives you those reminders. Maybe I'm too busy, right? It's easy to forget things when you're busy and your mind is running all over the place. Or maybe I'm just getting old. Your brain doesn't remember quite as well when you're getting old. I'm guessing I'm not the only one here this morning who needs some help remembering. And every single one of us here this morning needs some help remembering when it comes to our relationship with God. We all need help remembering because we so easily forget. Maybe it's It's because we're so busy with the rest of life, right? Maybe it's because we get distracted by a whole flood of thoughts and responsibilities rushing around in our minds. Or maybe we've just gotten older and we've we've allowed God to become too routine, to become too unimpressive, to be remembered. Whatever the reason... We need some significant help remembering. And that's exactly what Psalm 103 does for us. Take out your Bibles. Turn with me to Psalm 103, page 485 in the Bibles in front of you. In these verses of Psalm 103, David explores both the remembering and the forgetting that we experience in our relationship with God. So listen to Psalm 103. Hear what he has to say, and pay special close attention to the remembering and the forgetting that he talks about. This is what he writes. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. 
he has made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven. His kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. So in this psalm, after the, the invitation to praise, with which bookends both at the front and the beginning of this psalm, David starts early on by recognizing your forgetfulness and my forgetfulness. Right? Verse 2, he tells us right at the bat, off the bat, he says, Forget not all God's benefits. Forget not all the blessings and good things that God gives to us. And we wouldn't need that reminder from him not to forget if we weren't people who forgot. We do forget. You and I, right along with David, regularly forget who God is. Right? How many days haven't you lived your life paying zero attention to God? How many challenges in life haven't you faced on your own leaving God on the sidelines, convinced that you can handle it. You really don't need God. You've got this. How many opportunities have been laid before you in life that you accepted and you embraced because you wanted to do it, not considering whether God wanted it or not? You move forward on your own. How many times haven't you taken a stand Socially, politically, personally, because it fits your personal wishes and your political preferences. And you didn't even think about God's values or, or God's wishes. How many times? I'll let you leave that answer. I'll let you answer that question on your own. But my guess is for all of us, the answer is more often than we wish to admit. If we weren't people for God, David wouldn't need to say to us, don't forget. Hey, pay attention. Because we are people who forget. When life is hard, you and I often forget what God has done for us. That's what David points out in verses 3, 4, and 5. 
He helps us remember what God does for us in the difficult times of our lives, right? We need to remember that when we are swamped with guilt because of our sin, when we recognize the wrong that we've done and feel horrible about it, that's when God forgives. We need to remember that when we are battling disease, that God is the one who gives us strength to get through each day. We need to remember that when life feel, leaves us feeling like we're stuck, leaves us feeling like we're at the bottom of a pit with no escape, leaves us feeling like life is worthless and empty and meaningless, that's when, David says, God showers his love on us. He crowns us with love and compassion. God is our hope and our strength when we face those tough times of life. And yet, isn't that so often when you and I forget about him? It's when David did. In another psalm, Psalm 77, David is in a very different place. Life is hard. Life is tough. He's in great distress. And he's wondering why God doesn't come and do something for him. Where in the world is this God who promised to be so good, to be so strong? In fact, he, he reaches desperate points in the psalm where he asks this, three verses. He says, will the Lord reject me forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in his anger withheld his compassion from me? David himself is on the verge of forgetting about God. And suddenly in the same psalm, he reaches back and he remembers. And he says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. He remembers. He remembers God's long history of faithfulness. When he's tempted to forget God in the middle of his pain, in the middle of his suffering, he disciplines himself to remember. Remember the promises. Remember the power that God has. Remember the love Remember, remember, remember. But we're so good at forgetting that we not only forget God in those difficult times, but so often when life is really good, when things are going well, when it's all easy, we forget Him then too, don't we? Back to Psalm 103. Verse 5 reminds us that God himself is the one who satisfies us with our desires, who gives us good things, right? God is the one who gives us breath and strength enough for each day. God is the one who provides all the blessings that we experience in life. And yet we so often forget him. We take credit for the good things in life, don't we? It's so easy to do. It's our hard work that has brought the benefits to us. It's our good investments that, that has given us financial security. It's our wise choices. It's our dedication to our schoolwork that has made me successful. Or 
we credit the good things to chance, fate, blind luck, anything but God, right? Like David, we need to remember. We need to remember what God has done. And I can summarize what we need to remember in just one word. That word is grace. Right? This whole section from verses 6 through verse 13, they help us remember the long history of God's grace that continues in our lives today. We need to remember his faithful to faithfulness to us, never deserting us, never giving up on us, never leaving us behind. That's grace. We need to remember his power unleashed for our good. Every good and perfect gift comes from the hand of our Father. We deserve nothing, and he's given us so much. That is grace. We need to remember his promises, the commitments he makes, binding himself in commitment to us when he didn't have to. That's grace. We need to remember his love for us that never fades, it never diminishes. That's grace. We need to remember Jesus Christ, his only son who lived a perfect life, then died a horrible death, the death that we deserved on that cross, to pay the price for our sins so that we might be forgiven. That's grace. We need to remember that forgiveness that is offered to us freely in the place of the judgment that we deserve. That, my friends, is grace. We need to remember that grace. We need to remember God's grace in our lives because God certainly remembers who we are. David moves from remembering, from us remembering all these things about God to God remembering who we are in verses 13 through 16. So verse 13, it, it starts by comparing God's love to us to the love of a good father. We were just saying that, didn't we? You're a good, good father. Good fathers love their children no matter what. Good fathers cannot just forget their children. They can't. Even when their child is rebellious, even when their child is disobedient, even when, when their child breaks their heart, even when the child might forget the father, a good father still remembers and loves his child. And that's how God loves you and loves me. Even though he knows who we are, he knows our weaknesses, he knows our unworthiness, he knows our sins. That's the first painful attribute of our lives that's listed in verse 3, isn't it? It's our sin. He knows our sins. He knows how consistently and thoroughly we have rebelled against him and broken his heart. He remembers. Verses 14 through 16 make this clear. He remembers that we are dust. He remembers that your life and my life here on this earth are just a tiny blip in the scope of eternity. He remembers 
that in just a moment our lives will be over hardly long enough to even register on the scope of history but that does not mean that he passes over and forgets us no verse 17 verse 17 says that from everlasting to everlasting the Lord's love is with those who fear him his righteousness with their children's children in other words we may often forget God but God never forgets us there is not a moment that goes by not a moment that goes by when God doesn't have you on his mind from everlasting to everlasting from beginning and end from before you were born all the way through eternity you are never forgotten by God ever ever our God is perfect at remembering honestly that can be a frightening thing can't it we have a God who is perfect at remembering it's part of his omniscience right his being all knowing our God has a perfect memory he remembers everything except the things he chooses to forget and here's where our greatest hopefulness and our greatest assurance lies our our God has a selective memory. He makes the choice. Our God makes the, the conscious choice and decision to forget some pretty significant things about you and about me. Right? The, the prophet Jeremiah talks about that. The prophet Jeremiah makes this characteristic of God very, very clear. In chapter 31, Jeremiah is talking about the new covenant he's looking forward to the new covenant that will come with Jesus Christ and he quotes these very familiar prophetic words listen to these he says this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel at after that time declares the Lord I will put my law in their minds I will write it on their hearts I will be their God they will be my people no longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another know the Lord because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Don't miss that last line right there. Here's one of God's great promises for you. I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more think about this with everything that God knows with everything that God remembers there is one thing he forgets he forgets what we have done he forgets our sins when we ask him for forgiveness our God truly knows how to forgive and forget that's impossible for you and me to do we can only truly forgive the wrong done to us but we usually can't forget it right we can't erase the memory of it it's still there we can't simply ignore the consequences and the realities that come because of that sin only our God can truly forgive 
and completely forget. That's exactly what he does. I will remember their sins no more. That's a pretty amazing concept for you and I to try and wrap our minds around this morning. When God remembers you, when God remembers me, he no longer even remembers our sin. So when I go to God and I ask him to forgive me for whatever it is that I've done, when I repent truly, when I make things right and I change how I live, when I honestly ask God to forgive me, he completely forgets that sin ever happened. So, so when I still feel guilty about it and, and I keep and I keep obsessing or, or, or thinking about that sin and I go back to God a second time and I say, God, I really want you to forgive me. He doesn't know what I'm talking about because he's forgiven that sin. He doesn't remember it anymore. It has been erased from God's selective memory. What a gift. What an amazing gift. What freedom can be yours and mine if we will dare to believe it? The only hold that that sin still has on my heart and on my soul and on my mind is what I allow it to have. Because God certainly isn't holding against me anymore. Its power to condemn me is gone. Its authority to declare me guilty has been stripped away by the forgiving blood of Jesus Christ. Wow. When I stand before God, I stand there forgiven. That selective memory, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, is made possible by the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ shed there and the tomb that is empty. He writes this. He says, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation, a new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on God's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Why? So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Did you catch that at the end? Did you hear who you are? God is no longer counting people's sins against him. Now we are the righteousness of God. Jesus took those sins away and God has forgotten all about them. Jesus became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So, do you know who you are? If you are a follower of Jesus Christ who has repented, who has asked for forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ, you are a saint, not a sinner. You are a saint. 
You are perfect in God's eyes. He remembers your sins no more because they're gone. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. How far apart is the east from the west? Impossible question to answer. Because east goes one way forever, west goes the other way forever, and they're an infinite distance apart. That's how far God has removed your sin and your guilt. It's gone. It's gone. Praise God. Accept that gift. So on this Memorial Day weekend, with whatever fun you may have planned, Remember that God has an impeccable memory. He never forgets about you, ever, not for a moment. You never slip his mind. And also know that our God has the power to forget like only he can have. Our sin, our guilt, our evil is completely forgotten, gone forever. God remembers you and forgets your sin. God's selective memory, his forgetting, is a spectacular expression of his grace. And our remembering, remembering who God is and what he's done, is a spectacular expression of our love. Would you pray with me, please? Father God, we remember this morning. We remember your goodness in our lives. Forgive us for all the times we try and take credit for all the good things because we know every good thing comes from you. We remember your grace in our lives. We remember your promises that you always hold true. We remember your love that never lets us go. We remember the goodness that you have given to us when we so don't deserve it. We remember you in the times when life is hard. In those times, turn our eyes towards you. Remind us that you give us strength for whatever we face. And you hold us closely in the palm of your hand. And we remember you when our hearts are overflowing with joy, when life is good, and we give you thanks. Thank you, Father, that you always remember us. And thank you for forgetting the sin that we confess, the guilt that we give away to you at the foot of the cross. What an amazing love you have for us. May we be people who forget not all your benefits, who forget not you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand with me please? Worship team, would you come forward? We're going to end our time of worship this morning remembering. Remembering what Jesus has done for you. Remembering who you are by the grace 
of God. You are who he says you are. You are forgiven and set free by Jesus Christ. Let's remember together.